Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. And this is a pretty special episode because in it, Peter and I are going to be taking a first look at the player cards in the new expansion, the new deluxe expansion, The Path to Carcosa. So I've numbered each of the factions one to five. Peter doesn't know what numbering I've done. I've looked very briefly at the player cards, so it's not a true first impressions episode. Peter, I think, has only glanced at them to make sure he's got them in the right order. And we're going to pick one of those factions, jump in, and just have a first look And this view. And we'll bring out four more episodes for the other four factions. All set, Peter? I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Which number are you choosing? Let's go for four. Four is Rogue. Rogue? Ugh. <laughs> it's a fix. That's a that, that's a, a lovely uh, reaction there. I can see how excited you are. So shall I do? Shall I start? Yeah, go for it. So our new rogue investigator is Sefina Russo, the painter. She's artist treated. She has four willpower, two intellect, two combat, and four agility, and she has. Five health and nine sanity, which is the same as Daisy, right? It's that really weak end of the spectrum health-wise. So her card reads, Forced, when you would draw your opening hand, draw 13 cards instead. Choose up to five events to place beneath this card, your player card, and keep eight cards as your opening hand. Discard the rest. And then it has in brackets, you cannot mulligan. As an action, you can choose an event beneath this card and draw it. Does not provoke attacks of opportunity. And your Elder Sign effect is plus three. You may choose an event beneath this card and draw it. That's that's really interesting. And first of all, I know that Safina Rousseau is she's a new Arkham Files investigator, I believe. Think so. I've not come across her before. Yeah, so she's not. She's not in the uh, Investigators of Arkham book. I know that. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, this is an interesting stat line for a rogue, isn't it? With four willpower, four agility, but then. And then flat in the middle, right? Lowest, yeah. lowest can be. Yeah. But yeah, this this drawing the extra large answer. She's almost the Andromeda of, of Arkham here. Certainly, and I mean it's more than just the drawing, isn't it? It's that you then get to select events if you were you know, running a deck that was entirely events, whenever you draw those first 13 cards, you'd always get five to keep, but you'd also get an opening hand filled with great things. Yeah, well, you've got two options. You can either, if you draw two copies of an event, you only need one of, you can, you can filter that that away. So it goes under your, uh, under your ID. Yeah. Or you can put something you're not going to need immediately, but you will need to draw at a particular point under there as well. Yeah. That feeds into that action where if you've put something like some kind of evasion event or a sneak attack or something like that under your card, you can use you can choose to draw it while engaged with enemies because then you'll need it at the right time. Yeah. And and in fact, I think her Elder Sign ability is really potent as well. So you may choose an event beneath this card and draw it. I think that, that's, that's really, really good. That's one of the best Elder Sign effects I think I've seen. Yeah. 
particularly as you've chosen what five cards are under there. So it's not just draw the top card of your deck, it's it's pick a card that you've already carefully picked, which is great, yeah, and a free draw. Oh yeah, we're going to look at the deck building requirements. Yes, please, why don't you tell us about them? So she's got a deck size of 33. Okay. Uh, deck building options, rogue cards level 0 to 5, neutral cards level 0 to 5, and then mystic cards level 0 to 2. Her deck building requirements, which do not count towards a deck size, three copies of the Painted World. Ah, that's interesting. One copy of Stars of Hyades? Yeah, I think, or even just Hyades, but I'm not sure. Uh, And then one random uh, basic weakness. So that's adding another five cards to her deck. So that takes her to 38 cards. 38 cards. But then 38, so she draws an opening hand of 13. So she'll be back down to the same size, the same deck size remaining as everyone else, right? Yes, because she draws 13, and then that leaves her with 25. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, Even smaller, right? Yeah, smaller. Uh, Yeah, yeah, a bit smaller, actually. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, again, like I guess wanting you to build it with a with a slight mystic that that too, although, well, we've had problems with Daisy, or I've had problems with Daisy. That the level two mystic cards, your willpower is Daisy isn't is only three, which is a, a, a certainly an yeah. average willpower. It's not necessarily enough to really like be kind of high powered in spell casting. But then Jim has a willpower of four, so. Safina can can certainly compete with one of the other mystics in in the in her willpower, and you even think about Duke or Zoe, who both have willpower four as well. And people have tried building decks for them where they have maybe shriveling in that deck or blinding light, or they just they don't necessarily lean entirely on willpower, but they take a couple of those mystic cards that replace another statistic with willpower just to sort of round out what they're doing i guess one one thing it's easy to forget actually is the mulligan in arkham is really generous so you can definitely filter your hand quite well so losing yeah. a mulligan doesn't feel great but then you're drawing twice more than twice as many cards as you would be without a mulligan yeah and you get to keep yeah. eight in your hand as well so your starting hand is amazing yeah, yeah. i think that this could be really good she should be she'll have a really reliable start and as a rogue she's probably in a position to tailor her deck more to the scenario when she when she knows what's coming anyway or when when, when you know what's coming yes so you yeah, can yeah. you can really hit the ground running with safina so let's look at uh the painted world and the oh stars just just just, just just briefly the, the, yeah the other thing is you're going to want more events in her as well aren't you That's yes an obvious thing to say Definitely. but the more events the better because they get under your under your id and I'm going to make a prediction, Frank. Go I'm on. going to say at least one of her uh, signature cards is going to interact with those events under her as well. Okay, let's take a look. So she has to include three copies of the Painted World in her deck. And I, that is a, a a no-cost event. It doesn't have any cost at all. It's blank. It has will, agility, and a wild icon, which you'd maybe expect from her stat line. It's her deck only. It cannot be placed beneath Sephina Rousseau. So if you draw this in your opening 13, 13 card hand, it's not going underneath her. You have to keep it in your hand. And it says play the painted world as an exact copy of a non-exceptional event 
that is beneath Stefano Russo remove the painted world from the game instead of discarding it. Oh well, this is fantastic. So this is this is another three copies of whatever the best of those five spells, uh, five cards under your ideas, right? Yeah. I don't know, that's really good. At its simplest, if one of the events under your your ID was emergency cash, you could keep playing painted worlds out of your hand and never have to remove emergency cash from underneath. But of course, there'd be so many better targets than well, yeah. But I've also think cash. about if you get the upgraded emergency cash. True. So yeah. not only you get, if, if you know your your, it's the best copy of. Yeah, if, if if you can put some experience experience events into your deck, it's extra copies of those without having to spend experience. So it makes you... Yeah, yeah, I think this is really good. It's really interesting. And it's not just extra copies, it's three extra copies, which, given that you can only have two copies of any event, means in theory you get five copies of one particular event. So you have five hot streaks or five short gambles or, or whatever it is. Uh, if you were playing a kind of control mystic Sephina, you would maybe have Bind Monster or or the upgraded Blinded Light, and you'd just be <laughs> blinding light for days. Yeah, yeah, Great. yeah. That's really cool. I really, really like that. You, you, you get... Having a card that is so flexible in your deck, it can be whatever the best of those five you've picked is. That's really strong, I think. And so much flexibility... You, d- you don't have to draw it. It yeah. also saves you that action because you have the painted world in hand and rather than spending an action to draw the event you need and then play it. Yeah, so yeah. if you had, for instance, Ward of Protection underneath your ID, you wouldn't be able to play that in the Mythos phase because you'd oh, need the action to draw it. Hot Streak under your ID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Sure Gamble fantastic. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's, some, there's some great events you could end up there. And like sneak attack as well. The cards like sneak attack and contraband, in particular, are, are events that are very useful at a certain point, but not very useful on either side of that. Yeah. So keeping a copy of the painted world in your hand, and then just being able to to pick the exact right moment to play those spells is really good. Or play those events rather is really good. Yeah. The the other thing that I thought you might love, elusive. Oh, God, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could have, potentially you could have five elusives in your deck. Yeah. You just never, ever, anywhere that's that's dangerous. You're just always leaving. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I like that a lot. I think that's great. Should we look at the weakness? Please. So here we've got Star of, what did, I, what, what did you say I should say it as? I think it's Hyades. Hyades. It might be Hyades, but I think it's Hyades. Hyades. That rings a bell. So this is a weakness, curse, revelation. Randomly remove, uh, sorry, randomly choose an event beneath Safina Rousseau and remove it from the game. If you cannot, take one damage and one horror. If your deck has five or more cards in it, shuffle Star of Hyades. Oh, that Hyades. Sorry, it, it, I've obviously just short wide, uh, short circuited a bit of my brain that pronounces this word. Let's shuffle it stars. <laughs> shuffle stars back into your deck instead of discarding it. Right. Well, this this makes a lot of sense in. The context of Safina, doesn't it? I think it's a a good way to go with her weakness, because that does feel like it would hurt her quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, if you've gone for it and played all of your events from underneath you, you take a damage and a horror, and you just keep taking damage and horror until you get down to only five, four, four cards in your deck or fewer. 
so it punishes that. Or if you've played very cautiously and kept all these powerful events underneath you because you've got a big fight coming up at the end or something like that, this just starts sapping away all of those useful events that you've carefully stored underneath you. Yeah, I can see this really hurting if, if you put a nice event up under there with the anticipation of playing it with the painted world. Yeah. And then suddenly the stars steals it. You're going you're gonna to be mighty. You're going to be pretty miffed, aren't you? Huge I think we've, we've Huge. seen with Rex as well, having to shuffle cards back into your deck is, is really rough. Yeah. And it, I suppose it's the way to play around this that you somehow race through your deck as quickly as you can so that when stars of Hyades, Hyades, <laughs> so that when stars hits, it gets discarded rather than... Oh, it still gets shuffled back anyway at that point. Yeah, I, know, I was going to say that, 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 that there's no help in doing that. <laughs> yeah. Because you'll draw it just as much as you would have done if you'd drawn slower. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's look at the rogue cards. Yeah, let's. let's. So the first rogue card, oh, it looks so good, is Stealth. It's a two-cost asset with an agility icon. It's a talent. It has action, exhaust, stealth, evade. The chosen enemy gets minus two evade for this evasion attempt. If you successfully evade the enemy, disengage with it, but do not exhaust it. Until the end of your turn, that enemy cannot engage you. Well, this is interesting. This this feels a lot on first blush, like a solo card again. Yeah, you're wanting to evade an enemy and do something else while you're there. Until the end of your turn, that enemy cannot engage you. So it could still engage you and then attack you in the enemy phase, for instance. Yeah, yeah. So really, you're going to want to be using this and then moving away. In which case you wonder why you wouldn't just evade normally. And I suppose the answer is that that minus two evade makes this evasion much more reliable. And if the enemy doesn't have Hunter, then you've evaded them and you've left them and, and you no harm done. The other thing is, if you, wanted to, if you wanted to pass an enemy to someone else and they didn't want to spend the actions engaging... Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's true, actually, yeah. This is a speedy way of doing that. Yeah, that, well, I've been in that situation quite a few times with someone like Zoe, where she wants to engage the enemy, so she gets the resource. Yeah. And we discussed previously that the, the reducing the difficulty makes a test more easy than increasing your skill. Yeah. Because you can hit zero and, and then have an auto auto success as long as you don't pull the auto fail. Yeah, and we've seen we've seen some big some sort of meatier enemies that have maybe four fight but only two evade. In the core set, the masked hunter only has two evade, so he's actually fairly easy to evade. But because you want to get him for the victory points, there's very few times when you'd want to evade him. But maybe the there'd be a case where, yeah, you'd, you'd stealth past him, try and grab a clue from your location. I know he stops that anyway. You'd stealth past him, move on and try and grab a clue or so, so, something like that. Just, it it opens up some flexibility, doesn't it? I think I'd, I'd maybe want to see this in action before I judge it. Because my experience is that I'm not evading much anyway with any of the cards I've played. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Wendy quite likes it as well, actually. I think actually would possibly, fit yeah. quite well in a Wendy I've my friend's a big Wendy fan, so he's played a he's played a Wendy deck a few times. Yeah, I, I, interesting, definitely interesting. It's not blowing me away. Com- competes with Cat Burglar as well, I would say. Well, yeah, but that's that's an experience, isn't it? That's an experience and allows you to to disengage and, and move on. 
So it gives you the move as well. And gives you agility, yeah. doesn't it? That burglar. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. The next card. Shall I, shall I do this one? Please. This is a one-cost event. It's called Sleight of Hand, and it's got an intellect and an agility pip. Uh, this is a trick. Fast, which I already like. Play only during your turn. Put an item, item asset into play from your hand. At the end of your turn, if that asset is still in play, return it to your hand. Oh, this is really good. I've, I've <laughs> yeah. speculated there might be a card like this. Speculate no more. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this is a really, really good card. The, the one I have in mind is the Chicago typewriter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, or, 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 you know, shotgun. Yeah. Anything which, which, which uses charges. Yeah, anything that has ammo or charges that you can, you can get it down, get a couple of shots from it or three shots or whatever, and then it comes back to your hand. That's actually a, a boon rather than a... And, and we've talked before, Bane. of course, the, the, the other thing is, uh, yeah, shotgun is definitely an item. Oh, that would be lovely with the shotgun. Just drop the shotgun down, shoot twice, and then do something else. If whatever's, whatever you're fighting is still alive. That, but the only person you can do that is Zoe, is that right? Yeah. Zoe's yeah, the only person yeah. who, <laughs> who can well, slate of hand. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Unless Slides whatever yeah. guardian or rogue, well, the rogue card, because we've seen the rogue in yeah. this set. But but also think about stuff like uh, flashlight, where you could use the charges off the yep. flashlight, or or you know uh, yep. bulletproof vest. He takes some damage onto the vest, and then it comes back. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you're um, sort of like surprise. You're pulling your shirt open. You actually have a bulletproof yeah. vest, and then <laughs> I don't know. How, yeah, I don't know. You sleight of hand putting a. Is it like this? The scene in is it the uh, for a fistful of dollars. He just happens to have had one on. <laughs> yeah, or maybe maybe it's one of those like great action scenes where you're holding up a bulletproof vest and you've not yeah. yet had time to put it on. You're just sort of taking some shots into it and then throwing it away. Oh, I, I tell you what else. There's the, the statue as well, grotesque statue. So if wow. Jim takes this, he can drop the statue, use it for the turn, and then bring it back. Wow, that's nice. That's really nice. Yeah. So, interestingly, in Rogue, they already have some cards that are fast, so you think about switchblade particularly leveled up switchblade that often sits sits in my hand and i drop it just when i need it we we talked a lot about switchblade in our very first podcast i think it was either the episode one or episode two how the fast keyword on it was was really potent on a weapon even if switchblade yeah. itself or at least the the core set switchblade wasn't particularly impressive uh, having that fast keyword on a weapon is really, really good. So, so you can you can save sleight of hand and a weapon in your hand, yeah. say a machete, and then you know that if you're ever engaged with an enemy, you can for one resource you can fight it for a turn. Or well, how about this as an option? You're playing as Sefina Russo and you run two derringers in your deck, and if you get this sleight of hand in your opening hand, you put it underneath your. Player card. Oh yeah, and then then just use your spell. And you just ping it out, Paint drop the derringer, take three shots, and then pull it back. Oh, that's great! You just paint a picture of a of a, of a derringer. Derringer's three cost for three shots, which is 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 great value. But if you're only paying one for three shots, and then maybe playing it later, it's really good. I think this is a really really good card. I think th th there's a lot of a lot of comboing that you could do with this. Various yeah. of the cards. All of the problems that come with comboing yeah. apply to this card, obviously. 
Yeah. No, very, very much like that. Very, very much like that indeed. The next card is Daring Maneuver. It's Gambit traded. It's a zero cost event with a wild icon. It says fast, play when you would succeed at a skill test. You get plus two skill value for this test. McGlenn, are you trying to get us both killed? Not this time, pal. Not this time. So I seem to remember someone predicting a rogue card which gave you a bonus to a skill test when you succeeded. Yes, I remember that too. I believe you said it was an asset Yeah, that you I, I, exhausted. <laughs> yeah, which it, on reflection is probably a bit good. So th- this, I don't know, is that good or is this is this weak? I'm not sure. I love. I think it's a great effect, uh, and I'm glad we've got it in the game. But I think I need to see it in action. So, so for everyone who's who's not who, who's uh, who's wondering why we're talking about this, that it combos with quite a few of the rogue cards, which give you an added bonus if you succeed by a certain amount, right? Yeah. So switchblades, forty-one derringers, that kind yeah. of, that kind of thing. And also with double or nothing, if you've added to the difficulty. It doesn't help you though, does it? With double or nothing? Well, if you've doubled the difficulty and then you haven't quite got the results you want, right. you can yeah, then yeah, pump yeah. yourself up with plus two. So if you've doubled a shot with a Derringer, you've succeeded but you haven't got two over, you use this. Yeah. And then you're dealing an extra... Four lots, damage. Lots of damage, well, yeah. Two, two damage extra, yeah. I think... Double or nothing's a bit yeah. tricky, isn't it? Three damage. Watch it doubles. Three, three damage. So what this makes me think of is Lucky and how powerful Lucky is and that this, to my mind, is a weaker Lucky because Lucky is all about scraping through and actually gives you a buffer from if you're going to be too below a test. And this is saying you need to pass anyway and then if you wanted to get some kind of added bonus from your cards, you can then play this to get the extra bonus. If someone was playing shotgun, this is quite useful for guaranteeing extra damage. Other than that, I think it's definitely a a bit of a sort of flex slot card, and it'll be interesting to see what people come up with. But I like that it's zero cost. I like that it's a wild icon, so if you don't need to use it for its ability, you can commit it to anything and yeah it's interesting yeah yeah the, i think the wild icon is is really good as well i like this i think this is this is a this is an interesting card a really interesting card and i'd be interested to see rogue players uh, experimenting with it yeah okay should we move on to the last one please over to you so this is lockpicks this is a three cost one experience asset with an intellect pip and it uses a hand slot so this is the first slot item we've seen Mm-hmm. It is a, oh, it's an item, a tool. Yeah, of hand like so. so uses three supplies. If lockpicks has no supplies, discard it. Action: exhaust lockpicks. Investigate. Add your agility value to your skill test as your skill value for this investigation. If you do not succeed by at least two, remove one supply from lockpicks. Wow, this is interesting, isn't it? This is a better flashlight. There's so much quite, to get your head around. Quite a bit. Of, <laughs> A better flashlight. Well, let's let let's look at Safina, because we've just looked at her. So she's yeah. got an agility value of four and an intellect of two. And an intellect of two. So she she's with lockpicks. She's investigating at six, 
right? Yeah. And then she's only using lockpicks once a turn because you have to ah, exhaust it to yes, use it. Yes, that's right. Yes. But if she succeeds by two, which is on standard, is quite likely up for shroud up to four. Yeah. Uh, no, up to two. Up to two because you want to be two above. Two above, yeah. Then likely she's not using supplies as well. It's actually not a great combo with the the sleight of hand because you can only use it once a turn, can't you? Yeah. But maybe so you sling it down for one. Yeah, in a pinch. Do one in one investigate with it, and then it comes back to your hand. Add your agility value. Oh, it's, it's interesting, actually. I, I think it certainly helps with a solo rogue, doesn't it? Yeah, that's where I was going with it. That if you're only maybe doing one investigation check a turn because you're moving, investigating, doing something else, or evading, moving, investigating, you have it sitting on the table and it's giving you such a great buff for that one test. Think back to Streetwise, which similarly, if you're just going to pay two resources and clean up on a on an investigation check, that's one of the nice ways of doing it. Obviously, this also plays off if you have anything boosting your agility as well. Yeah, of but course. But maybe yeah, it's if, yeah, you're, yeah. if your rogue is sort of doing, they're doing a bit of investigating, but they're not, they're not sort of taking the, the lead on investigating. They want to be able to pull their weight in some way, helping out investigate. Yeah. This could be a way of doing it. Okay. Well, that's interesting as well. I think, cool. is that the end of our, our quick look? That is the end of our quick look at the rogue cards of the path to Carcosa. Thanks for listening. Thank you.